Time is running out for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. It's an intriguing sensation. It's a nuclear device. Fun, fun, fun! Yes, that's nice. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. It belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's very important. It does not confuse. Hi, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Show Hair. I'm Daniel Pickett. I'm Jason Lindsay. And happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. It's a nice long weekend. It sure is, and it's, it's, it's going to be a warm one, I think. Ugh, well, you know. Usually is in California. Memorial it's because weekend. it's because the the Earth has spun off its axis and we're hurtling towards the sun. God, I wish we were. Just <laughs> what really? Just bring it on. I'm ready. I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm tired of tired of fighting my way through this world. Um, speaking of such things, do you get nostalgic the way I do? Memorial weekend comes around and I think, oh, it's another Indiana Jones movie, or oh, it's the next Star Wars, or oh, it's whatever. That hasn't Memorial weekend sort of become for a lot of geeks, you know, more than anything, it's reminiscent of the good old days. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that is a, a time where they put out some big tentpole films. But isn't it interesting that, that, that guys like Spielberg and Lucas were instrumental with the studios, obviously. They were instrumental in picking out those that weekend for major films. And, you know, action, you know, it, something happened, you know, in the mid and late 70s where that sort of became synonymous and then it just became the thing. It just became, I just find it interesting that it got, that, that we forget sometimes all the other contributions that say Lucas or Spielberg have made to the industry besides their body of work. And besides, you know, even ILM or Lucasfilm, whatever you want to call it, whatever, whatever you want to talk about all the other things like, you know, changing the summer and Memorial, you know, weekends, and, you know, the PG-13 rating, you know, that was because of Spielberg, you know, having conversations with the ratings board. Um, and Memorial Weekend was mainly because of those two guys. Yeah. You know? It makes sense. Put out a movie on a long weekend. People are more apt to go to the theater. They don't feel like they got to, you know, get to bed early on Sunday. That's right. And you, you take advantage of that. And it, it also became, you know, the signaler of the beginning of summer. And yes. now that everything has become so crowded and there's just such a glut of stuff, we have so much to choose from, that now that's getting pushed back to like <laughs> March, like March 3rd becomes the Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, that, that line has certainly scooted uh, closer to the, the winter time, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And things like, you know, all the Ice Age films, like all those guys are ones that started early, you know, tried to get in early before the you know, what some people consider a glut uh, of all the big sort of tentpole films. And, it, and it's worked for a lot of movies. So. Oh, yeah. Those Ice Age movies, I swear that's like a TV series. They seem to be just in constant production. Aren't there like five of them? I think that I think they're working on the fifth. I now, think yes. between the Ice Age and the Madagascar, there have been like 17 films in that, those series. Yes. Might as well just make it a TV series. I think they, they well, the pink, the, the, there was a spinoff, the See? Penguins of Madagascar. Penguins of Madagascar. They had their own series. Of course they did. Well, let's get to it. 
because I'm extremely excited about something and I literally can't contain myself. I'm stripped off oh. as we speak. So why don't you get to what you're excited about and you'll see how this wraps back around to the summer. Uh, when I okay. tell you. So you tell me what you're excited about. Well, for me, uh, all day Sunday, it was Arrested Development. It's finally out. We've been waiting all this time. Oh, you're 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 saying it past tense, but it's you haven't done it yet. I've I've ta- I took the phone off the hook. I, uh, I I I wrote to my clergy and said I won't be coming in. Are you are you saying this? Hey, shh, Daniel. Yeah. Just between you and me. Right. Are you pretending right now that that you've already done this? That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Because this will go up on Monday on Memorial Day. Okay. Shh. So this will have already happened. All right. Forget I, forget I asked this. Just okay. get back to the show. We'll totally, we'll totally fix that in Pretend, post. Uh, it'll be seamless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretend like I never, I never asked the question. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, was it good? Every second of oh man. Is it? Uh, you took the day. You got you, and you took all the volunteer work you do on Sundays. You just put that aside, or I took uh, and Saturday I went down to the Paley Center to see the banana stand that's touring. Oh yeah, the the frozen banana stands. Yeah, there's always money which, in the banana stand. Which one did you get? Uh, just the regular, you know, the frozen. The classic? The classic, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I haven't got to it yet, but I'm very excited. It's, um, it's, it's really, <laughs> this is going to sound so cheesy, but it's, I think it's a really cool thing to kind of be in on. It's like a groundbreaking moment for, um, I truly think, for, for geekdom and for nerddom. Because I think that that show is, has got geek written all over it. And, you know, the audience, the, a lot of the audience that kept it going, you know, geeked out on it. And to me, you know, when I think of, I always make the distinction between nerd and geek, you know, I think of geek about just geeking out about whatever it is. You know, I, I'm a geek with where, when it comes to the Beatles. I'm never going to, you know, dress up like McCartney and go to a Beatle convention, but I know everything, you know, and, and because I'm one of those geeks about it. So Arrested Development, I don't think would have happened without that geek gene that people have. I think you're right, yeah. You know what I mean? To get obsessive about it and the websites and everything else. And here we are basking in the unthinkable. This actually is happening. Which is so strange. This many years later and with the success that all of those actors have gone on to. You know, Jeffrey Tambor, of course, has been around forever. Yeah, I don't think... You know, doing everything. I'm not sure Portia de Rossi's phone is ringing off the hook. Well, that may be true. But, um, boy, everybody else... They just can't stop moving. Yeah. I haven't seen Steve Holt, though. Steve Holt? Steve Holt! I haven't seen, <laughs> haven't seen much of him, but... I'm sure he's uh, like on uh, got a reoccurring role on Vampire Diaries or something. Oh, and you know who else that you don't see much of is, um, is Maybe. I have seen her in a I've couple of I've seen her things. in some stuff, but I'm talking like the, the other girl. Um, who, who's the girl that, that George Michael was dating and... and um, Oh, May May Whitman. May Whitman. She's been yeah. in loads of stuff. Yeah, she's uh she's on Parenthood. Yeah, right yeah. Now. She she's been more consistent than uh than uh maybe has. And she is the voice of April O'Neil in the Ninja Turtles animated series. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. And she was the um either bisexual or lesbian, I forget, uh ex in um Scott Pilgrim. That's correct. Which was cool. She gets also with Michael Sarah. You get to fight Michael Sarah and Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Well, great. Did you, um, did you dress up like a character or anything? 
I painted myself blue. I put on my never nude shorts and, uh, you know, ate my frozen banana. I can only hope that someone kept a photographic record of that and we can share it with the universe someday. So I, I did tell you that uh, last week I did uh, Tournament of Nerds and the winner yes, God, was, was uh, Johnny Schwartzbaum. Who? Uh, Johnny Schwartzbaum as Tobias Fuque was the winner. Johnny Schwartzbaum? Yeah. That sounds like a that literally sounds like a name from a Marvel comic. It's not. Little Johnny Schwartzbaum became a the local improvisational actor. Became the light bulb or somebody. Um cool. Very cool. Well let me tell you what I'm excited about. Tell me. I literally I, I, that latest Man of Steel trailer <laughs> with um the message coming through from Zod. Mm-hmm. I, I it I that I'm, as you can tell, I'm like speechless. That is like everything. It is one of the best trailers I've seen in years. And it's just like, oh my God, I cannot wait. This, this, this now cannot get here fast enough. Literally. So we, we have gone, let's, let's, let's measure the scale you've been on. Yes. From the original trailer. Yes. That you could give a rat's ass about. Yes. Wanted nothing to do with. Yes. Snooze Fest 2013. Yes. To I'm getting in line as soon as we hang. But let's but let's be let's let's clarify even further. Let's go back before the even the first trailer. I was always excited about this film because I felt Superman Returns was a letdown. I didn't think it was awful, but I thought it was a letdown in many ways. And I've liked most of what Zack Snyder has done. Christopher Nolan's involvement, um, Henry Cavill, uh, Zod, Michael Shannon, the whole the whole kit and caboodle. I was on board, and I was very much like, I can't wait to see what we get first. Now, what we got, I was not thrilled by. I didn't, and I never thought it looked terrible. I never thought, oh, that's grown worthy. You know, the stuff we talked about last episode that we heard in the new Star Trek film, where you literally roll your eyes. Never anything like that. Just not enough oomph. And now we're getting like oomph overload, uh, which I'm going to copyright, by the way. <laughs> Oomph overload. Oomph overload. Uh, that's another T-shirt for the GSI uh, fans. Yeah. Um, I just think it looks amazing. I mean, absolutely. And there, there's there's a moment in the trailer. Well, there are many moments in the trailer. Everything that Zod's doing, everything Superman's doing. Those moments of what the hell is that? You know, the yeah. moment him like seeming to be sucked down into a. a in the ground by skulls, like he's surrounded by skulls, you know, that whole thing. Yep. And, uh, yep. he says something like, I won't betray them. And Zod says, you already have, you know, stuff like that. Amazing. Yep. Amazing. The line that I just thought was so, it just hit me. And I thought it was so great. And so like, we've never heard this before in a superhero movie, the female villain whose name I've forgotten. Yes. She says something along the lines of, even if you save, you know, one human, for every human you save, we'll kill a million more. Right. That one line, I mean, that could be on a poster. For me. That's pretty chilling. That is yeah. chilling, because that one line says what we've never really said. You know, like all the movies we see in the, the Bond films or the, the action or the superhero, the old Batman show. Why don't they just take out a gun and shoot Batman in the head, you know, and all the elaborate things. Here's a villain saying, you, you can't win. You're the most powerful being on this planet, you know, before we got here. 
And even if you save those 12 people over there right now, we're going to be over here doing something else, and you'll never keep up. It just seems like these insurmountable odds before you've even gone out the gate. And I just thought that was such a great uh, line, and it may sum up the tone of, of the movie. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Oh. Well, it, it's, it's, to me, it's reminiscent of the moment in Superman 2 when Zod says, it will save lives, starting with your own. Yes. Yeah. To the president. Like, that's like a holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's funny? After I watched the trailer three times, uh-huh. I went back and I watched Michael Shannon read that sorority letter <laughs> <laughs> like two more times because he's so damn funny in that thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm, and I just like, I like, you know, I'm driving to work in the morning and I'm just, I'm next to a bus that has a picture of Superman on it. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, ah, but, but I have to, I have to wait. say something. I have to get, go back to that now. Uh, we were talking a while ago about Iron Man before it came out, how it seemed like, not that they were playing it safe, but it just seemed like, boy, I haven't really seen many commercials or where's this and where's that Superman. I feel like just now. Like, a month before the movie's going to come out, less than a month, I'm starting to see about five or six different posters. Yes, there's different posters. There's, I mean, there's even a, just, there's another new TV spot that started running last night. It used to be that there would, you know, like, like six months in advance, you'd see like an advanced poster, and then there'd be the regular poster and whatever. I feel like it's, they're, they're kind of, I don't want to say, well, they're kind of... Um, <laughs> exploding, um, you know, closer to the release of the film. And on that note, you know, most, uh, and this could be indicative of the change in the, in the toy industry, because I really do think things are, are changing um, in, in, a, in a drastic kind of scary way about a lot of things that aren't working, the major brands that aren't working and that are, you know, collecting dust and everything and the companies and the way they're, they're doing stuff. Um, it just feels like, Overall, when I think about things from 10 years ago or five years ago, you know, like when a, when a, when a tentpole film came out or a, a superhero thing or a spacey, whatever it is, there was buckets of merchandise. Like if you were in line at, at Vons at the candy aisle, there was a candy thing. If you go to the cereal aisle, there was a Superman cereal and there was this and that. Overall, I mean, from, from coloring books to, uh, you know, shrinky dinks to whatever, I'm seeing very, very little merchandise from Man of Steel. Uh, you have not been to Walmart. I have been to Walmart, but I mean, I, Walmart, I've seen the toys. But what, what? You, haven't, you haven't seen that big center aisle thing they've got that, like, one whole side is Gillette razors? No, but, like, are there, like, you know... Magic markers and and Happy Meal. I mean, is it, you know, you know, it just yep. seems it's all that. There's there's capes, there's T-shirts, there's uh, just a ton of stuff. So basically, if you, and if you it, don't... it's on this sort of double facing uh, display that's in the center of one of the wide aisles. So basically, Walmart so... got the got the uh, the big Man of Steel thing because because it ain't anywhere else. Target they did yeah because Target's you know that, they did they were selling that. Uh, those are the tickets for it to see it a day early. That was, I guess, last week on the 18th. Yeah, but you um, could go get tickets for to buy to see it on June 13th. So just the, Walmart okay. really has the big push, which is kind of screwed up because like your Target still has nothing. Target, I was just at a Target yesterday. They have nothing. Toys R Us 
just puts out an end cap. And granted, it's most of it's crap merchandise, um, but it's just one end cap that's out. Um, I, I don't. I think Kmart might have a tiny little end cap, but like overall, it just doesn't seem like the the targets and the and the other stores like that or Toys R Us even has a ton of stuff. You know, there's- yeah, I went out. I've been out a couple of times last week. I went to a Kmart. They had nothing. Uh, yesterday, I went to a Toys R Us, and they had a section. They they had the Movie Masters that I've been looking for, but they were twenty bucks a pop instead of fifteen something everywhere else. Uh, and then I went to a Target, and and this Target I think was just tired of you know Walmart eating their lunch because you know a, a lot of toy companies will tell you. I think it is 65% of sales for movie properties happen before the film comes out. Right. So if someone's out there ahead, they're they're scooping up a bunch of that stuff. So one of the, this target I went to had taken one half of that Iron Man end cap that sticks out and made it all man of steel. Now it was mostly that kid stuff, but the one thing I did find was uh do you remember Target had that five pack of four inch figures for Dark Knight Rises. Had like Catwoman, Bane, Batman. Um uh, yeah, this a different three, Batman figures or? Yeah, those guys. Yeah. And so there were figures in that that weren't in the single carded line. Right. So uh Target has done that for Man of Steel also. So you get uh that regular Superman that is in the in the small line that has him like with a car door. Right. Except the car door is blue instead of green. Right. Uh, then there is uh, a Zod in this pack, which is in that skin suit instead of the armor, like the single card. Yeah, that one's available single card. The the armor one is, but not the skin suit, I thought. No, it is. I, I found Oh, is yeah, it? Yeah, that, that's available okay. single as well. Uh, you get Jor-El oh, cool. in his armor. Yeah. Uh, you get Superman in that same Jor-El sort of armor, but painted like Superman colors with a cape. Uh-huh. And then you get another character that I haven't heard talked about anywhere, who is Namek. Oh. And he is a giant. He is about five inches tall. Oh. Uh, also in big Kryptonian armor. And if you look at some of those still shots, uh, there's a shot in that trailer you're talking about where Zod is, looks like he's kind of coming out of a ship, and there's a lot of Kryptonians around yeah. him. On the left side, you just see sort of the shoulder of someone almost twice his size. So I suspect uh. that's going to be Namek. And Namek is someone actually from the comics. He appeared, I think, in 74 for the first time. It was like this Kryptonian scientist that was messing with this uh, mythical beast on Krypton that you're not supposed to mess with because it had this horn with healing properties, but he thought that would help people. So he took the horn and tried to use it on himself, and then he turned into this monster, so everyone knew he had messed with this, you know, sacred beast. Now, you're not, uh, you're not getting him mixed up with Corin Nemec, the legendary actor from, that's right, Parker, from Lewis. Parker Lewis Can't, Can't Lose. Lose. No, sure. no, I'm not. I'm, I'm very sure okay. of that. Just, uh, and then also the character appeared on Smallville at one point. Uh, but, you know, looking at, like, IMDB, he is, that character is not listed next to an actor anywhere. So I'll be curious to see how that works out. Well, you know, it nice looks to, like uh, he's kind of seated in that trailer because at one point Superman's grabbed by a big pair of hands. I have to say, so, overall, and I know I'm not a little kid, but I can't think of many little kids that are going to want this stuff. I thought, like, the Batman Begins and the Dark Knight toy lines were bad. This line is, is awful. Like, just the... 
there's going to this stuff's going to be sitting around for a long, long time. No one has learned anything from the Green Lantern uh, merchandise that they still can't give away. That's still sitting around. Um, it's just the same old stuff, and the and the 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 action stuff that they tried to do with these little rubber figures, and I I, I just don't know. I, I can't begin to understand where that came from, but it is not a handsome uh, line. And even the movie masters, I think, you know, from those original sculpts to the finished product, I think they've, they're, 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 they were going down, I think, even in the last, in the Dark Knight Rises, but these are very, very, very soft sort of sculpts or versions of the actors that are out. Um, and it's a $20 figure, you know, with like no accessories or anything. Um, yeah. So it's it's you know it's it's a shame because now you know all the stores that are supposed to be getting it are going to be way behind and like I mean I'm sure the movie's going to explode but like you said there's a big chunk that gets sold before the movie even comes out yeah um, and I think there's going to be a lot of that stuff laying around like like I don't know I, I saw a guy on Facebook you know I'm I'm part of a bunch of different sort of toy collector groups and those sorts of things on Facebook and and one guy was showing pictures and he was saying that his target put stuff out uh, for Man of Steel back when the embargo date was up, back on you know March 28th. And he says his store has sold through uh, their Movie Master stuff six times. Well, it's funny because the, the Toys R Us that I saw that I actually said to you, they've got, they look like they're putting stuff out now. Mm-hmm. They've had the Movie Master sitting there. The only one that's moved is Jor-El. The rest of them have been sitting there for almost a week now. Like this, and yeah. the same amount of figures. Um, Target. The one there is one Target though that I that that I just happened to be in, and it was like they put out this little this gun that you know shoots the rubber figures. It's like this right. this this blue plastic gun that shoots the rubber figures, and they had one Movie Master Superman. They had the gun and a couple other odds and ends, but that was it. And it was like I even asked them like, why is this? Oh, that was a mistake. Like somebody opened a box or something and put it out. And I was like, well, where's the rest of the stuff? There must be like a big display for this or like a, a big, you know, poster card thing of Henry Cavill or something. And no one seems to have any answers, but they, they still don't have anything for this movie that's coming out uh, momentarily. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. It'd be interesting. It's, I just think there's going to be a lot of Superman merchandise sitting around for a year. So did you see at Toys R Us the uh, Thinkway remote control Superman on a motorcycle? No, but he needs a motorcycle. I know that. I'm sure that was just something left out of the trailer, but uh, yeah. we should see that anytime. That's what when he goes to change, he has to get on the motorcycle and ride to his little cabin to change to his so outfit. It's about an eight-inch figure uh, molded to a you know a Superman-colored motorcycle with uh, all sorts of I guess remote control possibilities. Well, they also True. did. Um, I saw one. They did like a 12-inch figure, and just like they did for Batman and Bane for Dark Knight Rises, yes. where it's you know it's interactive and remote control and says all kinds of things and all that stuff. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't see the motorcycle. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. That that was the one. I thought, well, that that will be around till Doomsday. Yeah, it's just it's just a shame, you know. It's it's um, like I said a million times. He's, you can't get much more familiar than Superman, and yeah. um, I I understand that it's a it's a tricky when you're thinking of like role play or you know variety of the figures and stuff. It's tricky when you've got the most powerful being you know in the universe or whatever. 
but still, um, I would love a Clark Kent figure. I'd love some other characters. You know, it's it's you know it's exactly before they even announce it. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get 15 Supermen, one bad guy, and uh, all in rainbow outfits, and and then a bunch of stuff that no one's going to buy. It's too bad. Yep. Um, anyway, lots of other stuff going on. So that's what I'm excited about. We're already 26 minutes in. We have loads more to go. So what else has been happening in the past week for you? Well, I picked up the new Lego Batman uh, DC movie that's out on DVD and Blu-ray. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, uh, so hopefully I'll get to that next week. But it comes with a, a Lego minifigure that is Clark Kent, and that's the only way to get that figure. So that's out if, if people are interested in that sort of thing. Uh, also, this past weekend on Cartoon Network was the debut of the Yoda Chronicles which is a new Lego Star Wars project that they've been hyping pretty hard. And, and to really hype it up, uh, on the 23rd uh, last week, they had this giant event in Times Square, the unveiling of the biggest Star Wars model ever assembled. And it's over 5 million pieces, and it is a life-sized X-Wing. Uh, I've got pictures of it up on AFI. It's really remarkable. And the cool thing is, the whole thing is made out of Lego, but they also made it look like it was made out of Lego. So they used small Lego to make giant Lego parts. Uh. It's really remarkable. So they blocked off Times Square. They had this big box that smoked, and the thing came up, and they had costume characters, and this giant X-Wing rolled out. And it's going to be in Times Square for a couple more weeks, and then they're going to move it to Legoland in uh, California for the rest of the year. Interesting. Yeah. Have you, I've, I've never been to Legoland. Uh, it's, uh, it's, there's a couple of parts to Legoland, so the rides and things are mostly for little kids. You know, there's not a lot of like, wow, this is awesome. But they have these mini lands, like they will have the Vegas Strip or uh, New York and Times Square, you know, small town America, and then they've got uh, one for each of the Star Wars films okay. that are scenes made out of Lego, and those things are stunning. You could stand there all day looking at those things. Um, have you all? Were you like a Lego guy as a kid? I don't know if I ever asked you this. Did you did you care about this stuff as a kid? Yes, I was absolutely a Lego guy as a kid. I you know, when I started playing with Lego, it was just the basic sets, but. You know, sometime in elementary school, they started doing the space Lego, so I got super into that, and then the uh, all the original castle Lego. So I had that original yellow castle that they put out. <laughs> I still have that. Why? So that's going back to when? Uh, that's that's uh, I don't know, probably seventies, late seventies. Yeah, I seem to recall the space stuff. I seem to. It makes me think of like eighty one, eighty two. I mean, that, that's only on my radar. Right, but that—that's when I first noticed that Lego. I had never associated Lego with little figures before that. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe that was like the first time that they started doing like little people. Because Legos, when I was a little little kid, Legos weren't there weren't little people. Right, there weren't little little characters and stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Back to uh, speaking of little people and robots and things. Um. This is a <laughs> callback to our last episode. I actually picked up the new Daft Punk record. Yes. It is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Uh, I cannot recommend it enough. It is so hard to categorize. It's like 
70s disco and 80s funk and Julian Casablancas uh, is on it um, singing and Paul Williams. This is the really wild thing. We were just talking. This is why this is the hippest podcast in the universe. Um, That's right. We were just talking about the Paul Williams documentary and I was saying how cool it was and like what's he been up to and I pick up the new Daft Punk record and he's he's not only co-written but sings on one of the tracks. Oh wow! Which just tells you how much they love, um, they love Paul Williams and, and his output. I mean, they really are these two guys that are just encyclopedic when it comes to music, and nothing is done. You know, there's a sense of humor to it, but it's 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 very serious. Like they don't even when it sounds kind of campy or it sounds overblown or pompous or too disco. It's, they're doing it with the utmost love. Um, there's some really great stuff on it, and it's it's it's. I mean, I think a lot of people listening may be familiar with Daft Punk, but a lot of folks might be familiar. Maybe the first thing they ever picked up was the Tron Legacy soundtrack. That's what I was about to ask. Is it anything like that? No, it's very only in the sense that the, as far as I know, the the soundtrack for Tron Legacy was the first time that they used an orchestra, that they wrote the music and then got a, a like an eighty piece orchestra to record this stuff still had that, you know, uh, they call it EDM electronic dance music. still had that EDM vibe that they, that they have. Whereas this, this has orchestrations in some of the tracks, but it's very much more, um, it's just, it's a really funky record kind of surprising to me because I associate them more with pure dance. This is a lot funkier. Um, it's got a very, late 70s, early 80s, New York vibe, almost like, um, almost like a Blondie Rapture vibe in okay. some tracks, you know, uh, as a reference. Uh, now, I know you haven't had much time with it yet, but do you have a favorite track, something people could check out? I do. I have two I have favorite out. tracks. Okay. One, okay. one is actually the track with Paul Williams. It's called Touch. And it's just, it's, 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 it's rare to find a track that is hard to describe. It's kind of like, it's almost got bits of prog in it. It's just, it, 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 the time signatures change, you know, throughout. And it's just this epic sort of midway point on the record. And it's, it's all calculated, you know, the, the way this thing sounds, what they're trying to hark back to, working with Paul Williams, Paul Williams singing on it. It all means something. Uh, there's another track called um, Get Lucky which is the single kind of dance single that came out before the album. And it's, it's amazing. It's just five minutes of, you know, funk bliss with, um, is it Pharrell? It's Pharrell Williams, right? Is that how you, it's not Pharrell. It's Pharrell Williams. I believe that's right. Um, singing on it, really doing an amazing job. Those are my two favorite tracks. So you can probably find them on YouTube, I would think, like videos or something. Probably so, or you can just listen to a preview on iTunes. Yeah, and they—they, they, I didn't realize this as well, but the, the guys have new helmets. The design- have we ever seen them without the helmets? There is one photograph from I want to say the early '90s, mid '90s, that's out there on the internet that you can look for, and and it's you know they're a couple of French guys, a couple of you know handsome you know blondish French guys. But that's like the last photograph taken. The interview that I mentioned last time in the NME, um, they, were, they were finishing up at Coachella, and then they were staying at this house that's owned by the Crosby family. It was Bing Crosby's estate, apparently. Okay. 
And they're staying there, and the guy that's interviewing them is hanging out with them, having like pina coladas by the pool. And they're, you know, just in bathing suits. Just there are no robot heads anywhere. So, I thought you were going to say bathing suits and the robot heads. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'd love to that see those pictures. But it, they must have said, look, we'll do the interview. No cameras, obviously, and you can't be taking pictures with your camera phone. But come and hang out by the, by the pool. And he just sort of describes what they look like, and that's about it. But, I mean, they're, they're incredibly tight about that and incredibly calculated about it. Um, I have well, to it definitely is part of their brand now. Oh, absolutely, that, that, that they, they will not be photographed. I mean, they, they showed up in suits or tuxedos and their robot hands and helmets at the Tron Legacy premiere yeah. and walked around the, the premiere. I have just a little more reference for it because at one time we were – we were ta- Biff Bang Pow. We were talking to their their camp about doing some merchandise, trying to do some some Daft Punk toys. Oh, that's cool. And so I was kind of ta- meeting with their um, their sort of guy. <laughs> I forget his name now, but he, they had an office on the um, the old Chaplin Studios, the old A and M Records um, on on uh, La Brea. Yeah. And it just these conversations, I, I started to figure out very early on that, that not that they weren't going anywhere, but it was kind of like, oh, you know what we could do? What if you could make it float above the platform? And then if you could have colors come in from the right side, and if you could make – and it was like, okay, yeah, well, maybe we could do that. You know, and it got to a point where I, I just couldn't keep answering the same bizarre questions about things we could possibly do before I even knew if we were going to do anything, really. Uh, and yeah. it just kind of went away, but that was that was a few years ago. But but um, they, I had some reference with this guy about just how how eccentric they are, and particular they are about you know being robots basically. And then of course Metacom did those amazing twelve inch figures, yeah, uh, that are just gorgeous. Uh, a few years ago, oh oh oh, that's what I wanted to get to real quick because it maybe come around to, to Metacom. One of the reasons that they hooked up with Paul Williams. Uh, on the for the for the record is not just his songwriting, but because of um, uh, Phantom of the Paradise, the Brian De Palma <laughs> film. It's their favorite movie of all time, okay. and he of course is in the film, and yeah. um, and that's the that's the connection that they wanted to work with him so badly, which I just love because they're huge geeks. It wasn't just like he's the guy that wrote We've Only Just Begun and you know old fashioned love song. He was the guy that was in uh, Phantom of the Paradise. Um, which Metacom made a figure of, you know, years ago as well. Um, so I thought that was very cool. That, that that's the Paul Williams connection that they love that that movie so much. Actually, uh, so I I, yeah. uh, I also picked up an album this week. Oh yeah, I did. Okay. I picked up the Volume Two soundtrack to the TV show Nashville. I um, I I don't know I don't know what to say to that. I didn't know so, you were even watching the show. I have been watching the show, and you know it's partially because of Connie Britton. She was on Friday Night Lights. She's the lead in it. Tiny, but, tiny, uh, tiny forehead. That woman. <laughs> oh yeah. She has one of the smallest foreheads on record. Yes, it's it's a fact. Are they recording they that? Are, they, are, they, they, now? they are now measuring a TV stars' foreheads, and she so, is one of the lowest. The the thing I like about the show, uh, it was created by. Uh, the woman who wrote uh, Thelma and Louise, but she is married to T-Bone Burnett. So all of the music on the show is produced by T-Bone Burnett. 
Oh, that's uh, cool. I, yeah. So you know how usually in TV shows, if there's music, it sounds like something just written for a TV show. Absolutely. It's pretty awful. Yeah. Well, because of T-Bone's involvement, none of that is the case. It is all stellar stuff. So, uh, you know, I, and I'm not a huge country music guy by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, you know, T-Bone, he's, he's been producing stuff for years. He did, you know, a great album with Elvis Costello. Uh, you know, a lot of people would know him from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. Did the soundtrack for that. But uh, so, yeah, I picked it up and, uh, you know, I really dig it. There's a lot of really good stuff on there. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Yeah, I have to say I had a moment. I had sort of a... Is the world passing me by moment? And this goes back to um, some conversations I've been having recently about the toy world. Um, you know, why is this thing working? Why didn't? Why isn't this thing working? And how come you know these are moving but these aren't? Or what's happening to stores and the internet and everything else? Uh, there was a cover story, uh, New York Magazine, or was it Time, about the me 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 generation, right? And um, how they're taking over and all that stuff and how everything is. You know, it's not experienced if it's not photographed. Everyone goes to shows, but they don't listen to the concerts. They're taking pictures so they can send a picture to their friend or, you know, holding the phone up and recording a song, whatever. So I, Yeah, they, they watch this live experience through like a four-inch screen. Yeah, and it's, it's really frightening. And it makes me, you know, I feel like one of the old guys, you know, talking about this. But I think it, this is really interesting because, first of all, I, I go to pick up the record and I went to like Best Buy to get it. Because I, I, for some reason, had read or thought there were a couple of different like deluxe versions, and I like getting that stuff. Yeah. Well, there weren't. And I just thought, well, as long as I'm here, I'll just grab it. And then as I opened it up in the car and I started to put it in the CD player, I was like, am I a dinosaur now? I just bought a CD. Like, <laughs> like how many people are, 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 that are Daft Punk fans are running out to get the CD or are just staying home, hitting a button, and downloading the record? I still, I still I do that as well. But depending on the artist, I still want the artwork, and I want the booklet, and I want to read the liner notes. I mean, that's what I grew up with, and that's the stuff that I, that I still love. But that's a very, very, very dying breed. I mean, the fact that you know, an album can sell 200,000 copies and go to number one is just ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's a completely different world. But it, it, all of this, to me, has to do with you know, permanence and, and, uh, or sort of uh, staying power of any kind. And I feel like things move so fast that I, I don't know if, if people or if, if uh, the younger sort of generation of toy collectors, I don't even know, you know, the next generation down what they would consider collecting toys right? or, or, yeah. or, or the next half generation down from that or whatever it is, because our, our sort of we, we sort of grew up. And I think a lot of people that I think some of the people that listen to this show and, and dig the vibe that, that we kind of throw out here the, the the way we grew up was if you didn't see that movie when it was out you weren't going to see it for a couple of years on until on television that's right yeah and if you didn't catch it on television on sunday night you might not see it for like you know another year and a half or whatever you know eventually vhs came along but even that was a year after the movie came out you know what i mean and, and when vhs came out the video stores were not that prominent. So, and to buy a videotape, oh. a movie was like $50 to $75. It was preposterous. Yes, absolutely. And I think that, that part of that was that, oh my God, like the, this toy, like, it, uh, you know, I better get this because they're going to be gone. Not that they're going to be gone, but like, it's just a given that this is Han Solo in the, in his Hoth outfit 
from Empire, and that's the one I'm going to get. We didn't think when we bought it that we were going to get six different versions of it. And I, huh. I just think now, like, with everything across the board, with a lot of sort of pop culture, it's very much like, yeah, I'll get to that. I'll see it eventually, or it'll be out in two months, or whatever. And not that people aren't appreciating it, or that people aren't getting to it, and listening to it, and watching it. They're just experiencing it differently. And I think part of that, that goes along with that, is okay. What's the next thing? What, 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 what's next? What do you got next? You know, what's, what, what else can you show me? It's not, you know, there, there's not like when I think about the collections that you collect, lots of stuff. Yes. And you know a lot about those particular titles or brands or what have you, but you, you do collect a lot of stuff. When I think about collecting, I think you're, cause you're very unique in that, in that way. Most collectors stick to certain categories, brands, years, titles, whatever. And when I think about the collections that I had, James Bond, Indiana Jones, you know, whatever the James Bond stuff from the sixties. I mean, it was, it was about being a completist. It was about, well, these are the, these are the eight corgis that came out before 78 or whatever. I need to get all of them. It may take a while, but I'll eventually get them, and then I'll move on to this category or this list or whatever. But it was about completing everything. Um, musically, you know, if you dug an artist, you had to get every B-side and every live cut, and you had to go hunting for this stuff, either in music papers or when music, uh, you know, record conventions would come along or whatever. You didn't just have the flick of a switch to get it. So it's a beautiful thing that you can just go, oh yeah, you can you can get the the whole you know, ouvure of that artist in a weekend on the internet. Right. Yeah. But on the other hand, I feel like because that other stuff isn't happening, there might not be as much of a hunt as there used to be. And it makes right. it, it makes it less um, tangible is the word. I don't know what I'm, what I'm, but do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm saying? Kind of. I think so. Yeah. Well, tell me what you, I mean, t- tell me what you think I'm, what, what I'm saying, what, I, what you get from this. Well, because I just read a thread today uh, with some Facebook friends that were talking about this sort of thing, how quickly things move. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a viral video that Kmart did called I Just Shipped My Pants. Did you see that? I did not see it. I heard about it. You heard a lot about yeah. it. And it went wide and went crazy for about three days. Yes. And then it it stopped, you know, it's just, we were on to the next thing. Yep. And I mean, you know, that all the, these, uh, you know, commercial people and, you know, moguls and, and all these people are, are, were, have been focused on viral for so long, but now it seems like even the lifespan of viral has, you know, our attention spans have shortened so much that even that is not as big a, you know, it doesn't move the needle as much anymore, quite frankly. No, and every, but everything is about that moment. It's about like when you, when you get up in the morning and there's one of the morning shows or CNN News or whatever it is, it's the same thing. It's like, like I hate the word meme. Like there's a meme going around, or like, you know, Gangnam Style or whatever, like that becomes, you know, the, the next spoof on YouTube. And then it becomes, you know, oh, remember that? There was a documentary actually. Do you remember that kid a few years back that, that cried? on camera, he had the camera on him, and he, and he bawled about Britney Spears. Oh, yeah. There was a documentary done, and, and not to give that clown more attention, but the documentary was about, like, how that happened, what happened to him next, where the internet took him, how they spit him out, chewed him up, 
he went and then he moved out to LA and then it became he did a couple of parties and then he was like, Oh, he's DJing and then he's this and then he gets into gay porn and then like it all comes around and before you know it, in two years he's living back at home. And it was just, it was kind of fascinating because it was like, Well, this is the next generation of celebrity or you know, th- this is how it can happen. But it was like it's so fleeting. There's no um I don't know. I don't know. Like uh, all the stuff that's happening and all the stuff that's coming out or Harrison Ford, we keep talking about Harrison Ford. And it's like, you know, we forget what that guy did, how everything he touched, you know, just like turned to gold and every, every, you know, like, like I, I just, it, it's, it's, I don't know who the next guys are. Like, I don't know who the next Beatles are or U2 or like stadium type thing or, or greatest hits or like, it's so quick and it's so and it's all changing, good and bad, the way this stuff is getting out there. I just don't feel like there's this holding on to stuff and going that guy's the king or they're the best at whatever. Um, you know, great example is uh, uh, what's what's that? Remember that great video? Um, oh no, I can't think of the name of the band, but they're an LA band, and they did that video where they're on treadmills. Oh yeah, okay, go. Okay, go. They're a great band. They actually are a really good band. Like they, they, he's yeah. a great songwriter. Um, and then it, then they did the next one, and it was like there was a gimmick in the video. And then by the time they did the third one, people kind of started to not care that they did it. That thing got them on Letterman. There's too much. This is too big of a topic to try to cover in the show, obviously. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm not being as brilliant and eloquent as I usually am with everything else that I speak about. But it's just that, uh, you know, it, it, the Daft Punk thing made me think of it. Like, these guys are, you couldn't get more, you know, edge of, you know, technology as these guys and how their music, I mean, they've only made like four records, but they're, wow. but they're massive. They're just, they've just got this massive, massive following and they've done it the way they've wanted to. Well, the, the one interesting thing to me, though, because uh, this kind of ties into two things that you just said. You talked about, uh, how you felt like a dinosaur going and buying a CD and who's going to be the next U2, Beatles, all that. I, I don't know if you've seen this. I, I put a picture of it on my Facebook page, but I was at Target the other day and they had an end cap of vinyl albums and record players. Oh, have you seen no. that? So they've got this whole end cap now that, you know, had these, I think three different record players, but the albums they had were, uh, U2 Joshua Tree, they had two Pink Floyd albums, and I think they had six Beatles albums. Wow. And I never, and they might have had a couple of others in there too, but I would never expect to see vinyl in mass retail again like that. No, that's, well, that's, it's odd, but that to me is like, there is a niche audience there, a very hipster uh, sort of audience that appreciates vinyl and and turntables, which is very cool. I actually was thinking about trying to pick up a tape deck because I've got some old cassette tapes of my voice as a kid, and uh, you know, taping Monty Python off the television and stuff that I'd love to hear again. But I haven't had a cassette player in 15 years. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of the- they do. There's a couple of companies that make some good ones that uh, plug in through USB, so then you can digitize all that stuff. I think I actually have one. Yeah, I need to. I need to maybe borrow that, or maybe you can help me or something because I'd love to get this stuff on, onto disc. But it's just, you know, it, it you know it has to do with. Um, and this is this is not a man, you know, raging against the dying of the light. I'm not saying like, 
you know, screw all of technology and isn't this, it's, it's, I think it's fantastic that I can get the Avengers on DVD, you know, five months after it comes out or whatever. I mean, I, I love all that stuff. I love, you know, having a lot of that stuff. Um, but it's, you know, what's the statistic I just read or heard? 85, 86% of new shows, not just the pilots, shows that get commissioned that are going to be on the air in August, September, 85, 86% of those shows will not make it to a second season. Some of them won't make it to a third episode. I mean, that's pretty Absolutely. prevalent now. Absolutely. And when you think about what it takes just to get to the pilot stage, I mean, your, your, your head would explode thinking about how impossible it is just to get to the pilot stage, much less a, a series. Um, you know, it didn't used to be, and it, and it, it all has to do with why there's so many zombie things. Well, it's, everything is multiplied now. We only had certain outlets 20, 30 years ago, and now it's been quintuplicated or whatever, and now there's going to be more zombie stuff. It's in every category. It's yep. just, uh, you know, I think about certain shows that we loved or grew up with, or certain artists, you know, they, they, uh, this, you got to see this Searching for Sugar Man documentary, because it was just on again the other night, and it's fascinating how this man got, uh, ended up getting a career, you know, 40 years after these records that did nothing, um, all because of the internet, and all because of, you know, communication, and people loving cult things and bringing it to the surface and whatever it's we wouldn't ha he wouldn't none of this stuff would have happened if it weren't for the technology that we're talking about um but it's it's just it's i don't know it's a really i just feel like there's no um there seems to be kind of a a, a, a shrugging off of like well you know we'll get to that you know someday kind of thing you know the, the venture brothers is a great example and i was just talking about this with somebody and we're gonna have to probably skip a lot of stuff we were going to talk about this week because we're, now we'll talk about toys. People love just talking about toys. That was a license that I, I wanted for a long time. I love the show. Granted, it's not as um, consistent as it, I think it should be. You know, these guys do it their own way, but sometimes it's off the air for a year and a half, two years, whatever. But they got no merchandise, none whatsoever. And it's a very, very hip audience. And they're, they are obsessive about the show and every aspect of it. And you would think that if you were going to make X number of items, whatever category it was going to be, you're not going to make 10,000 of that particular piece. You're going to make, let's say, 2,000 of that piece, and you know you've got a fan base of X number of people that frequent these things or whatever. Surely an eighth of that would be enough to do whatever. And it's, it's, that's just one example of how every step of the way, we, we just cannot figure it out. We cannot figure that fan base out and what it is that they're after or interested in when it comes to that show. But I feel like it's kind of things are changing with even properties that are younger than us. In other words, when we were into a movie or a show or whatever, we had to get the tie-ins. We had to get the, the gum cards. I wanted to get the toys because I loved the movie. It's not like that. It's almost like putting up your own website and having a podcast, no no. I'm not trying to make fun of us, but, you know, starting a podcast talking about the show is enough as a fan. Yeah. It's no longer yep. about needing to get every track or every action figure in that wave or whatever. And, I mean, do you feel like that sort of cha is changing in the toy world as well, that people are getting – I mean, it's the economy as well and the cost of stuff, but that it's 
I don't feel like there's as much of a completist mentality going around as there used to be. But I think it ties a little bit into what you actually talked about earlier this episode, where, you know, if you didn't see it in the theaters, you weren't going to see it again for another two to three years. And if you didn't catch it on TV, you don't see it again for another year. Now, someone has pirated this stuff the day it comes out, sometimes even before it comes out. You can just have it in your living room. So there's not that need to sort of recreate the stories and create your own stories around this franchise, this fiction, you know, I think that that definitely plays a part in it. You know, people are more likely to play the video game based on whatever than to buy all the toys. Yes. And but the difference. OK, well, there you go. The difference to me is we used to do both. All right. So uh, this I posted this to the GSI Facebook page just because I thought it was funny, but uh, it was in the, the UK telegram Telegraph? Telegram? I can't Telegraph, remember. I believe. Telegraph. Uh, th- where the other day there was a, a group uh, in the UK and they were clearing this pond. They were like scraping it for debris and they, you know, they, they had pulled out like foosball tables and all sorts of crazy stuff. And a guy's, you know, standing up to his waist with a rake and he's hooked on something and he pulls it up and it is a Dalek head used in Doctor Who. No way. They don't know what generation it is. He said it's one of the eye stalks or the the little not the the eye stalk is the thing on the front, but whatever the top thing is, the ears that light up. One of those was gone. The thing is completely green and covered in muck and moss. It's been submerged, uh, and I think they said maybe it was sometime around the sixth Doctor that they knew that there was some filming there. But uh, they just found a piece, and they're keeping wherever this pond was a secret because they don't want, like, fans to descend on it oh, yeah. and, like, sure. try and be rooting through there to find other props and stuff. Sure. But it was just kind of a funny thing, and, you know, especially for how ingrained that uh, monster is in British culture. I'm sure it was kind of staggering to pull that thing out of the muck, like, oh, there's dialects here. That's great. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a fun little story. I can't wait to hear where it, where it might have come from. Yeah. So I'm sure, though, yeah, we'll hear more about it. And then the the last thing I want to mention, this is just something fun for the listeners uh, to try out. Go to Google. Have you heard of the Googles? I've heard of Google. I'm I'm, I'm not that unhip. I, I know about the Google. So you want to go to Google and you want to do an image search uh, for the words Atari Breakout. Okay. Do you remember Breakout on Atari? I remember Breakout by Swing Out Sister. Not the same. Okay. Try that. See what happens. Do a Google search. An, a Google search for Atari Breakout. Google image search. Oh, image search. You're doing it right now. I can hear you typing. Well, I may keep it as a cliffhanger. Don't don't spoil it for everyone else. I want them to try. Okay, it. I'm going to wait until we get off the air. All right, and I'll, I'll post a link to it in the show notes. Okay, cool. Uh, and that's it. That's a that's a full episode. We talked about a bunch of stuff. Still have a bunch of stuff to talk about next time. We sure did. That's how we it sure keeps do. Going. And um, we also, um, you know, trying to get this up and running for you, you kids, because we we were a couple of days late uh, last time, which we apologize for. But it was uh, Daniel's fault. That's that's totally true. So, I mean, I don't want to name names, but it was Daniel's fault. That's not true. Uh, next time, remind me, we'll talk about uh, James Spader. Because I saw the pilot, speaking of pilots and things hoping to stick around, for a new show called The Blacklist. Well, this is nice. We're doing like a teaser for next week. Yes, and it was, it was great, but 
he is just one of those guys. He reminds me so much of Shatner in his rhythm and weirdness that I hope he sticks around. I hope this, this thing sticks around because it's, it's fun. But um, remind me to talk about it next time. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, Oh, and just one other thing. I do want to say quickly. Uh, I'm sorry to, to interrupt our, our, our closing, but uh, I am from Oklahoma. I grew up there my whole life. Uh, I think everyone knows about what happened there. Uh, just a few days ago, the, the tornadoes that swept through more. I'm very familiar with that town. I had family that lived there. They do not live there currently. Uh, but it's just, it's devastation the likes of which no one has ever seen before. I mean, it was it was the biggest tornado in recorded history. And, you know, those people are putting their lives together. And, uh, you know, thankfully, uh, the, the, the death toll went from, I, I think it was up to 100. And then once they really got going, I think it's down to about, under 25 so uh you know those those poor people i know we have listeners in oklahoma and just uh you know our hearts are with you and uh you know keep on keeping on and uh you know if there's anything you feel compelled to do i'm sure the good people of oklahoma would be glad to receive that so absolutely just want to say that so our thoughts are with everybody and uh hopefully the rebuilding will begin shortly but um hopefully it's the, the worst is over true uh yeah it's 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 terrible stuff and just, just shocking. Just absolutely shocking. It may, it may. I'll tell you, it makes me think more and more about living here and how we're never going to get a warning because it, it just the things seem to be changing so much. I grew up in the Midwest and we had storms like that, and we were always just a mile or two away from, you know, the where it would usually hit big, and we get we're always very lucky. Um, yeah. But it's just like everything can just change so quickly for everyone um, in so many ways, and. Um, our thoughts are definitely with, with folks, and uh, um, there's a million ways to donate, so if anybody wants to help, I'm sure they can find out how. So, uh, so great. So, uh, thanks again, everybody, and I uh, yes. uh, hope you had fun. I hope you brought a, ray, a little ray of sunshine into your lives, and we'll talk to you very soon. Have a good week, everyone. All right, everybody. Bye. Shiny. Let's be bad guys. Secrets of nature's deepest mystery.